0: Welcome to this week's episode of Chingasos Combat Crew, your one stop shot for all your combat news. You know we got another heater of an episode for y'all, UFC 295 post-show, UFC rumors, one championship rumors as well, and we got an official face-off between two fighters that are going to go down in quarter number one, 2024. Let's get into this week's news. I got a very special announcement. I cannot wait to share this with y'all. Let's get into this. My boy, congratulations to the brother from another mother, Victor Cervantes, on the opening of his new location, Rivalry Jiu-Jitsu. Hey, if you're in the Central Valley, you're looking for a new place to train some Jiu-Jitsu or you want to try some Jiu-Jitsu, I have got the place for you. Hopefully, you're watching this on YouTube. If not, head over to our YouTube page, Chingazo's Crew, and check out the new facilities that Victor is putting out there for everyone. Check out the facilities. Check out the mat space. There is so much room for activities here. I cannot wait to walk through the door. You might be asking yourself, Frank, how many people do you think can fit on these mats? Well, check out this next picture. I don't know, like a 1,000 probably? It, they had a full house, and I believe the grand opening was this past Friday. So, uh, c- again, congratulations, Victor Cervantes. Congratulations to a Rivalry Jiu-Jitsu family. The facilities look amazing. I cannot believe that that is a place we get to train at here in Fresno. It kind of has the AOJ vibes. If you've ever seen Art of Jiu-Jitsu down in Costa Mesa, man, this place looks immaculate. You're wondering where it's at? Well, let me tell you. Located on the southwest corner of 1st and Barstow, 761 East Barstow Avenue, Fresno, California, 93710. As for the man, Victor Cervantes, he will get you all hooked up. Again, congratulations, Professor Os. Cannot wait to get out there. That place looks beautiful. All right. First combat news story on the docket. We got our boy, Dana, Uncle Dana. Dropping news on quarter number one announcements. Let's check it out. What's up, guys? I'm going to hit you with three more pay-per-view headliners. Super in January, we're doing Sean Strickland versus Dragons Plessis In February, Damn. we're doing Volkanovsky versus Toporia. And in March, we're doing O'Malley versus Vera. Busting into Bump the new up. year with Bump. some fun fights. I'll see you guys in New York City. Hell yeah. That is going to be awesome. DDP Sean Strickland, January. Volkanovski to Puria February and then Cheeto and Sean O'Malley March, let's go we do got a video on that in just a bit so uh, let's get let's keep the show moving, let's keep it moving alright, next story on the docket is none other than some one news a couple of weeks ago we watched Super fight between Jonathan Haggerty taking on Fabricio De Andrade in a kickboxing versus MMA match in kickboxing and unfortunately, things did not end well for Fabricio Andraj as Jonathan Haggerty basically beat the crap out of him for one and a half rounds or something. So since then, Haggerty's now a two-sport champ. Muay Thai kickboxing, kind of the same thing to me, but no matter what, he is good at kicking ass. And since then, he's calling out the cream of the crop. He wants to run it back with Rod Tang. He wants to face Superlek, And he's even wants Tao and Chai. So he's calling for heads. And I, I just want to see it at the table, bro. I want to watch this. I am here for this violence. Let's go. One championship news. Sticking with this, you guys remember that this fight was booked a while back, but they had to scrap it because of an injury. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a super fight between Tao and Chai taking on Super Vaughn. It's now been rebooked for December. Deuce, deuce, 22nd. That's an early Christmas present. Thank you, One Championship. Let's go. You know me and the boys are going to be psyched for that one. We're going to be watching. So stay tuned as it gets closer. Ha ha. Check this out. Breaking news. I believe this was combat MMA breaking this overnight. They said that the UFC is looking forward, moving forward with this fight that they've been talking about for basically, your year, year already. Conor McGregor taking on Michael Schendler. And it looks like they're trying to book this for UFC 300. Not going to hold my breath on this. Me and Fonzo both agree. Uh, we're not going to believe it until we see Conor walking into the cage on this one. All right. All right. You guys already heard it. Dana White announced one of the big fights for quarter two in February. Going to be Volkanovski taking on Ilya Tupuria. And I don't know if you all out there have been able to see the video that Tupuria dropped on his IG a while back, but it's a little promo of him watching Volkanovski, some Volkanovski footage. And at the end of the video, he hints that they're going to be fighting in LA because the the video ends with Los Angeles 2024. So is this going to be a Crypto.com Arena main event? Hmm. About time California gets a big show, so we'll see. Sticking with UFC news. You guys remember Dean Emovov fought a couple weeks ago and finished in the first round. He is an MMA Factory fighter or was as as of late. He just news just dropped this past week that he is leaving the team. One of many fighters. I mean Francis started the leave a long time ago and I can't remember who else left before Dean, but I don't know if this is good. Because you guys remember Nasser Dean did have a fight scheduled against Roman Deleitzi, so this might not be a good time to be leaving his camp. Or is it UFC pound for pound rankings came out last week, and Islam is now at the top of that list. So I guess he gets to be pound for pound king since he took out the former number one pound for pound king in Volkanovski. Now, one thing that I think could cement this. For Islam is if he moves up to 170 and takes on the winner of Leon and Colby Covington. That would for sure make him a pound for pound rank, a pound for pound number one. But let's check out the top 10 pound for pound right now. They got Islam at number one, John Jones at number two now. So those two guys just traded places. Volkanovsky at number three, Leon Edwards, number four, Charlie Olives, number five, Sugar Sean at number six, Sean Strickland at number seven, Izzy at number 8, Pantoja at number 9, I like that one, and uh, Pereira at number 10. So those are your top 10 UFC pound-for-pound rankings. Now, I was just talking about Nasruddin Imovov leaving his team and saying how it was maybe bad timing, but maybe it's not. Because the fight between him and Robin Delici is apparently not going to go down. That's going to get pushed back to early 2024. So maybe the January, February, March card, because it was supposed to be that they were talking about this fight going down in December on that big card. So we just lost a fight for you. What is that UFC 296? So stay tuned to see if they feel that with someone, but that card looked like it's already jam packed with all kinds of great fights. So, We're just going to have to schedule this one for a little bit later. Put this on the back burner. But this is a fight that I am really looking forward to. Roman Delizzi, Nasruddin, Imovam. We'll have to hold our breath a little bit longer for that one. Last week, man, this, we didn't, I kind of just skimmed over this. I didn't really want to talk too much about this because I don't, I don't like dropping hate, but I'll, I'll spend a couple seconds on this, man. Jaltan Almeida versus Derek Lewis last week just did not impress, man. I mean, I guess you're impressed if you're talking about being able to hold somebody down and prevent them from getting back up. Because usually that's what Derek Luce just does. He gets taken down and he just stands back up. But last week, there was no chance in that happening. And even though Almeida was able to control him, one of the things that I I think he left on the table was he just, I don't know, maybe he's just too nice of a guy. He landed like 30-something strikes in five rounds of fighting, and that's just not going to cut it when you're trying to move to the to the top of his division. So he didn't really impress anybody. I'm sure Dana is not going to look at this as a favorable win in the future. So Jelton, do yourself a favor. If you're going to work that hard, start dropping them bows, bro. Start dropping them elbows. I'm sure that's going to be something he's going to be working on in the very near future. I'd be interested to see if he brings somebody from the outside to show him how to do that because. He's got no problem dominating somebody down on the ground. Now, he's just got to add this one extra piece to his game, and he is going to be very, very dangerous. All right. Check this out. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, Anthony Pettis going to be taking on Benson Henderson in the Karate Combat Arena. Let's hear uh, here we got uh, Anthony Pettis dropping a little announcement about Anthony Shelton Pettis here. Just want to give a little insight on my fight coming up December 15th, but this time inside the Karate Combat League. I'm fighting Benson Henderson, a guy that I have a lot of history with. Um, we fought in WEC. We fought in the UFC. Uh, now we face off this time inside full contact karate rules December 15th here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, it's crazy because that is the anniversary, 13 year anniversary of the showtime kick. So me and Ben have a lot of history. I'm looking forward to this fight. Um, I just want to say for me, honestly, it's an honor because I come from a traditional martial arts background. I started my career off with traditional martial arts. I still teach traditional martial arts. So I I get to go out there and showcase, you know, basically what I'm good at. So come December 15th, make sure you guys are all tuning in. It's going to be sick, man. I can't, I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun fight. Too, like he said, traditional martial artists. I believe Benson Henderson might be like a Taekwondo black belt from his early days. So it's gonna get to showcase some skills. So it's gonna be fun to see two dudes banging it out, not having to worry about the takedown. All right, moving forward. Check this out. So here I this is a kid that there's not too much information on, but I saw I came across this on Reddit. Kid is only six years old. His name is Johan Gazali, and apparently he's going to be on one Friday night fights December 8th. So check this kid out. This is a little highlight reel. He put together on in his, in his last pin out. Gazzali on the offense. Yeah, oh, shots, y'all. He's got hands for sure. I tell you what, Chantri your just awarded you with a hundred thousand dollar contract. Welcome. That's a 16-year-old with a pro fighter contract and a hundred K bonus from his last fight out. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes and ears peeled open for this guy, Johan Gazeli. Here's a fight announcement that we really quite weren't expecting, but hey, we'll take it, we'll take it. Song Yadong versus Chris Gutierrez to headline UFC Fight Night in Shanghai. Can't remember if that's a December card or a January card, but it should be coming up pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. We'll get to hear more information about that. Chris Gutierrez, up and coming. If you guys don't remember, he's the guy that I believe flatlined Frankie Edgar in his last fight in the UFC with like a flying knee. And you guys already know about Song Yadong, man. He's just a killer. We were supposed to see him fight Piotr Yan. And then I forgot. Then we were supposed to see Song Yudong versus Rob Font or somebody. I can't remember, but we'll we'll settle on this one. Hopefully, they don't have to reschedule this one. Song Yudong, Cruz Gutierrez, UFC Fight Night Shanghai. Let's go! Another fight announcement that got announced. This is kind of kind of cool, man. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I really want to see more of Manuel Cape because he looks like he is just all about that violence. As you guys remember, he was supposed to fight K. Cara France in his last outing, but K. Cara France had to back out at the last minute because of an injury. We were hoping that that fight would get announced, but for some reason, UFC said, Charlie, we're going to schedule you against Matthias Nicolau." So this is the second time that these guys have fought. I believe Nicolau won by split decision last time. So maybe there's a, uh, this will clear up the air and we'll have a consensus winner this time around. So, uh, should be an interesting fight. Matthias Nicolau taking on Manel Cape January 13th at the Apex Center on a fight night card. So, as soon as the day gets closer, I'm sure they'll start filling out that card. So, stay tuned to that. And maybe we'll hear somewhere down the line why KKF didn't get offered this fight. Chicken. What the fuck? All right. Another fight that got announced. And they're just pumping out these fight announcements week after week. So, we just said January 13th, Matthias Nicolau, Manel Cape. Well, the very next week. January 20th, Jan Blachowicz is going to be taking on the man. He's making his comeback, Alexander Rakic. Rakic, if you're not familiar with him, he has been out for a, about a couple years now. I think he had a really bad leg injury in his last fight out against, um, gosh, I can't remember who he fought. Belucin, you remember who he fought? We'll have to look that up. I'll get back to you guys on that. But January 20th. Jan Blahovic taking on Alexander Rakic. And I would imagine that we might very well get a number one contender for this right here. For sure, a top three fighter coming out of this. Another fight announcement, and this isn't official, but it sounds like Mohamed Mokaev is trying to blow some smoke, and he wants all of it. He's calling for a fight against Brandon Moreno because he heard that the UFC is going to be putting on a show in Mexico February 25th. That has not been announced. Not one fight matchup for that card has been announced. So this is the first I'm hearing of it. And as as we start to hear more, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But that would be an interesting fight. You know what I mean? This would be, um, I know Mokaev is super low in the rankings. And this would be uh, probably not smart for Brandon to take. I'm sure Brandon would have no problem with this fight. But it really is not going to do anything for him. Not going to. Propel him to a championship fight Not going to move him up in the rankings The only thing that it would do would probably Hurt him and give us a a Fun fight to watch so We'll see what happens February 25th Mexico show Okay Dana White announced in March 2024 Sean O'Malley Versus Chito Vera rematch And they met up in New York this last week This is the first face off (laughs) First time these killers have been face-to-face in quite some time. Eye to eye. Cheeto looks pretty relaxed there. Sean looks pretty intense. I don't know what they're saying. They're not saying a whole lot. Cheeto was saying something a little bit before. But here they are, man. Fun, fun fight, but Cheeto for sure is going to have to get out of his comfort zone and start early. Because if he, if, he, if he doesn't, you already know Sean's just going to pour it on him round after round after round. And I'm not saying it was a fluke the way Cheeto won the first time around by leg kicking the crap out of Sean and making him unable to use that leg and then just finishing it on the ground with those elbows. So we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a hell of a fight. All right, what do we got next here, man? This is kind of some BS. I wish Jorge would just stop with this bully crap, dude. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about Jorge because you guys know Jorge and Colby. News has been coming up about late because of the little lawsuit that Colby put on Jorge. But I think they just dropped the charges. I'm not sure. I think this might be over with. But since then, Jorge came out and said. Me and Kobe are going to see each other at some point, whether it's in a fucking cage or I don't know where the fuck it's going to be. We're going to see each other for him lying on my name, for him pressing charges, for everything he's done. We're going to see each other. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to knock the rest of his teeth out. Didn't you have three rounds to do that and you didn't do anything, bro? Stop with the nonsense. You already had your chance, man. The only thing you could do was sucker punch him, and that's why you ended up going to court. You're lucky you're you're asking to get thrown in jail. Cut with it, cut out with this, and just stick to your MMA bare knuckle stuff, man. Focus, focus. All right, so check this out. I, I accidentally, I was thinking this was a bloody elbow article, but this was InsideHook. So InsideHook.com dropped a killer article titled "The Battle of the Century: UFC versus 1,200 of its own fighters." And the headline underneath the title says, The company helped turn MMA into a global sensation. According to a $4.8 billion class action lawsuit filed by fighters, it's also an illegal monopoly, paying them far less than they are worth. This was a very long article, but I do have the highlights for you here, so you don't have to go through it. So first up, the main thing that stuck out to me, the main thing that was like, holy shit, I did not know that, was back in early 2000s, You guys remember a fighter named Joe Stevenson who was on Ultimate Fighter? Well, he had taken an early L in his career against a fighter named Chris Brennan. Chris Brennan was a badass fighter who had multiple fights in Pride. His nickname was The Strangler. So he had fought Joe Stevenson early in Joe Stevenson's career, subbed him by Rear Naked. So the UFC thought it would be a great idea to have a rematch after Joe Stevenson won the Ultimate Fighter and have it on a pay-per-view. Well, they were only going to pay Chris Brennan 3,000 to fight and 3,000 to win. What the fuck? Yes. So Chris Brennan was trying to negotiate for a little bit more. I think he had got them up to like 6 and 6. And just before he was about to sign, he was offered another fight in some Gracie Federation where he was going to get 20 or 24k no, no matter what, flat, to, to show up, win, fight, no matter what. It didn't matter. So Chris Brennan told the UFC. The UFC said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Chris Brennan ends up fighting for the Gracie organization, and we never hear from Chris Brennan and the UFC again. They totally blackballed him. They never allowed him to fight. And there's even a rumor that after Chris Brennan turned down the fight, that Dana White went on the famous underground forum that's been closed down, I believe. or Actually, I think it's starting to get... I think they're trying to resurrect that forum if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, back in the day, everyone and their mom that was into MMA was on this underground forum. And somebody posted an an anonymous threat to Chris Brennan, basically saying that they're trash. They're never going to amount to anything. And people were saying that it was actually Dana White. And then... Fast forward to the end of that particular thread, somebody threatened Dana White and told him to shut the fuck up and said, be careful of what you're doing and don't be screwing fighters over. Well, that person is none other than the guy that's in charge of this whole lawsuit. He's a lawyer, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that guy in just a little bit. But that's the guy that's spearheading this whole lawsuit against Dana White and the UFC. Uh, Another highlight from this article was uh, Gray Maynard. Gray Maynard was interviewed for this article, and he was just talking about how how stressed out he was for that second fight against Frankie Edgar because he spent a lot of money on the camp, and if he didn't win, he was going to be totally upside down in his mortgage. He wasn't going to have money for anything. And so instead of focusing on the fight, he was worried about not having enough money. Luckily for him, it ended up being a killer fight. Both guys got fight of the night bonuses and they got a hundred K not 50 K like they give out now a hundred K. So I thought that was kind of messed up that gray wasn't able to focus on the fight and had to worry about making money. One of the last things that stuck out to me in the article Was this, and this is super effed up, super messed up. So this is early UFC. There was a fighter from 10th planet named Gerald Strebent. Gerald Strebent fought in the early days of the UFC. And I don't remember who he fought, but he fought somebody when they were still paying 2000 to fight 2000 to win. So according to the story, a bunch of teammates of his from 10th planet flew out to Vegas Watched Gerald fight, and he ended up, unfortunately, getting KO'd in the first round. Well, after the fight, Gerald didn't have enough money to get home. So he had to ask his teammates if they could lend him money so that he can get home. They said he ended up having to pay for his medicals. He ended up having to pay for his cornerman, He ended up having to pay for flights. So he ended up having to pay to fight in the UFC instead of getting paid to fight in the UFC. That's just a travesty, man. And you know, the UFC just got piles of cash laying all over the place, man. They could have, they could have broke down and gave this guy his medicals. They could have quadrupled his pay. They still would have been fine, man. So I know that the lawsuit looks like it's going to be moving forward, but from what we're hearing, still going to be a long ways before the UFC is forced to pay anything out. But, until that time comes, we're just going to be hearing more and more stories about how the UFC did these fighters just dirty time and time again. And it was a banger of a fight. So let's get into it, man. Let's check this ish out. I want to start by looking at a couple of the prelim fights. which was Dennis Bazooka taking on Jamal and I think this was early prelims because this wasn't on the ESPN portion of the card. So, again, as you guys all know, YouTube is going to strictly forbid me from putting these clips on. But I'm going to cut them up and I'm going to throw them on social media. So, check us out. I just switched over our tags in Instagram and TikTok. So, now you can find us all under the same name, Chingaso's Crew. All one word, chingaso's Crew. That's our YouTube name, that's our TikTok, and our IG. Let's do this. Check this out. Dennis Bazooka taking on Jamal Emers. Dennis Bazooka is a Ray Longo fighter, and Longo had, I don't know, like two or three fighters on this card. Check this out. Good distance management by Jamal. That right hand from Emers oh, got Bazooka's attention going to the body. Oh, I like how he's moving just out of range.
1: Good Here timing, comes the pain and
0: management by Jamal right away. You see it. Boom! Oh, right
1: that in. was a
0: massive oh, right hand. Let's go back and watch that. He just cocked that right hand back. Here we go. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That was Jamal Emers taking out Dennis Bazooka with the power right hand. That's just like a piston coming out of the pocket, right in the face, man. Dennis didn't have a chance to recover there. Look at that! This is Eats it, by Jamal goes right straight away. to his back, and then Jamal just ends with one more shot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Jamal six hammers to end the night, and that was all in the first round. Congratulations, Jamal. Next fight on the docket. Bro, this killed my parlay. I did two parlays. I did a freelance parlay. And then did a main card parlay. In my freelance parlay, I mean I always go with Mark Madsen. I always go with Mark Madsen. And he never fails to put on a show. Let's check this out. Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen. Unfortunately, the parlay, the show that Mark Madsen put on. I Also, had my parlay going down in flames. That's his knees. Was just winning the fight up into this. Then he takes his right hand, hand as well watch. there. I think it's an uppercut that puts him on queer street. Oh, nice shot oh, by that, Jared yes. Gordon. Here we yeah, go. Another, oh, Ooh. nice elbow or a that left one. hook. Oh, him. Mountain is down. Not Damn. Down. So up until this, what was happening was Mattson was stepping on the gas. He was throwing these crazy looping right and lefts. He was throwing face uh, foot jabs right down the pipe. He was effing up Jared Gordon. He wasn't able to get Gordon down. I don't remember, but he was landing hella shots. And then he kind of just seemed to run out of gas. And it was the first round. It was the first round. Jared turned the table. He was able to press Mattson up against, get him up against the cage. And then somewhere around here, he landed a couple of right hands. And then that uppercut sealed the deal for Jared. Gordon. Nice elbow or left hook. Look at that. Oh, oh. Mattson is down. That one. Oh, that one. Nice that shot one. by that Jared Gordon. Both of those were. Yeah, that elbow, nice hurt elbow, elbow too. or left hook. Oh, Mattson is down. Yeah. Not up just yet. That will do it. Jared Gordon, why didn't you do that to Patty, bro? Where was this at? All right, so we'll see where you're at now. I didn't think you could do this to Mark, but you beat the shit out of him. So congratulations, Jared Gordon pulls out the W late round one. Thank you for ruining my parlay. We got it. <laughs> Whatever, Jared. All right, next matchup, what do we have here? Let's move on to the main card of the pay-per-view. Now, here we got an up-and-coming star in the UFC, I believe. Diego Lopez, fresh off of his triangle armbar finish his last time out, taking on Pat Sabatini. This was grappler versus grappler, but we didn't get to see none of that in this one. Check this out. Lopez is a predator. Joe Rogan's on Diego Lopez's nuts. Crypto.com, the world's leading cryptocurrency platform, trusted by more than 80 million Sabatini users worldwide. In. Diego's oh, the takedown. Beautiful job back by the feet. Oh, he's got at chat. He's a He got him. He's it. So Diego stuffs the takedown. And as soon as they get up, Sabatini looks like he's still looking to grapple, but Diego starts throwing bombs and clips them. Check this out. Right about here, they're getting up. And Diego, instead of worrying about grappling, just goes right you to the hand with the oh uppercut, right God, hand. Oh, oh. 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 Nice. It that was awesome. So Diego Lopez throws those right hands, clips Sabatini. Sabatini has nowhere to go, runs into the cage, falls down. And as he falls, he lands on his left arm, and he isn't able to use that to protect himself. And he doesn't know where he's at. And Lopez just starts raining shots. So check this out again. Uppercut, right hand. He stuttered, falls against the cage, falls on his back. And Diego just dropping bombs. Because Diego also has that underhook on Sabatini's free arm. So he has nothing to protect himself with except his face. Diego Lopez, first round finish, man. This dude is a stud. Cannot wait to see who he gets next. As you guys remember, he did fight uh, Movzara Avalov, I believe is the guy's name, in his first fight on short notice, and he went three rounds. I think they need to run that back, man. They should run that back because this dude is going to be a menace. All right, dudes. Ah, man, this fight. Matt, the Steamroller Favola taking on the god of war, Benoit San denis this was a banger of a fight. This was everything we expected and more. Because you guys know Steamroller, he's got them hands. And just like the name says, he just comes forward. Benoit San denis you guys remember we were talking about him on the 295 Parlay Super Show? He's a bully. He's a bully and he just uses all his strength. And I was saying, he doesn't look like he has a lot of technique. He just bullies people. Boy, was I wrong. Was I wrong? Was I wrong? Frivola came out aggressive in this. He was definitely working takedowns. He shot in a couple of times. He might have been using too much strength because he kind of looked like he got a little bit tired. But check this out. We're going to pick this up where Matt Frivola got his second takedown on San Denise right up against the cage. Scoops him up. Slams him to the to the mat. And now he's in San Denise's guard. He's trying to posture up and land some strikes but San Denise is able to get up look at this gets to his feet pushes Matt up against the cage favola throws a knee and San Denise creates space look at that this dude knew exactly what he was doing as soon as he was able to get up he pushes frivola to create a little bit of space and that was enough space for him to throw this killer. Right house, roundhouse, bam, baptized Frivola in the forehead. Check that. Out. Nice, knee of the body by Frivola. There's the push, and here's the grueling. kick. Frivola, why did you not have your hands up, bro? You were looking right at me. That was crazy. Nice, knee the body by Favola. Look at this. this that is, is Muay Thai to a T, bro. Using that push to create the space. To launch that roundhouse. Love it. That was amazing. Let's watch that high kick one more time, guys. From the stuff. Creates the space. Eats the knee. Oh, you like that knee? How about this? Thickness. Sickness. God of war. You are ready, bro. And at the end of the fight, he called out. Gamera. Let's do it. Let's do it. Run that back. I'm sorry, not run that back, but set that up. That'll be a killer fight. Striker versus grappler. Two dudes with crazy gas tanks. I'm for it. that would be a main event. (laughs) The female gangsters at it here. Jessica and Josh taking on Mackenzie Dern. Everyone was ready for Mackenzie to steamroll Jessica and make a run at the title. Jessica is like, yo, hold my prime. I got something for you. Check it. That was the story of the night. Mackenzie just walking everywhere with her chin up in the air. And by the second round, she just couldn't take anymore. Jessica would just teen off on her. For the most part, I thought that. McKenzie won the first round, but in the second round, Jessica definitely took over and used the tools that she, that her her sharpest tools, and just started teeing off on McKenzie. McKenzie had no answer. Didn't know how to put her hands up, didn't know how to move her head, and she was just getting mollywhopped. So yeah, Jessica and Josh scores the upset TKO win. She ends. I think she was on a three-fight losing streak, but it was against all the killers in the division. So let's watch this one more time. She drops McKenzie, tells her to get back up. McKenzie's just flopping like a fish out of water. She gets up so slow, and then Jessica baptizes her with, what, a left hand? Boop, left hook. Left straight and a left hook, and then follows it with a right. McKenzie Falls on her back. Tries to invert for some reason. T-Rex ref is like, yeah, she's had enough. Game over. McKenzie, back of the line, girl. You need to learn some defense. Don't be walking around with your chin up in the air. (laughs) Speaking of chin up in the air, bros. Oh, yeah. Co-main event of the night. Was here for a good time. Not a long time. Sergei Pavlovich taking on Tiny Tom Aspinall, on short notice, leading up to this fight, everyone was talking about, including myself, how Sergei was the killer. And walking into the cage, looking at Sergei, I was like, dude, why does Sergei look like the Russian from the Punisher comic? you guys remember that? The Punisher fought against, like, a Russian hitman who got sent to his place to take him out, and the Punisher ended up taking him out. Well, Tom Punisher, you are... The Punisher I'm sorry Tom Aspinall you are the Punisher Tom the Punisher Aspinall check this out this was a maze up right before this this is the first round round one one minute into it Pavlovich did land a big right hand on Tom earlier Tom ate it and started circling got on his bike started moving in and out you could definitely tell Tom was the faster fighter and check that out. He was moving in and out super quick. Look at that leg kick. And check this out. Boom. Did you guys see that? That overhand right clipped Sergey right in the temple. Look at this. Right after the kick, there's the kick. And then boom, right there. So he lands two right hands almost in the same spot. And Sergei was just... On skates at that point. He did not know where he was at. On wobbly legs. Tom follows him to the mat, lands one, two, three, three hammer fists before the ref jumps in and ends it. Tiny Tom Aspinall is the new heavyweight champion of the UFC. And it looks like he's going to be there for a while unless someone has something to say about it. <clears throat> John Jones. All right. Main event of the by our main event of the card was Yuri Projaska taking on Alex Pereira. Alex trying to become another two-way class champ. Let's go. Here we go, champ, champ. Yuri trying to get his strap back, coming back from that injury. Here we have the samurai. And the stare down for this fight was crazy because as soon as these two guys got in the cage, they did not take their eyes off of each other. It was like a match made in heaven. Check this out. They both met in the middle. And so let me tell you this. This is the second round. Up until this, Yuri had, uh, let's see, round one, Alex landed a few leg kicks. It looked like Yuri was, leg was starting to hurt. So what does he do? Shoots for a takedown. Takes Alex down for the remainder of the fight. Ends the first round. Yuri, 10-9. Round two comes out and i don't remember if that's when alex oh no they Al, yuri did not shoot a takedown in this one they did exchange strikes check this out they're in the middle of the cage trading yuri leaping left right leaving himself open yep exactly bro this is exactly what i thought was going to happen so that was it so as usual Yuri just be the exciting fighter that he is. Throwing those leaping, lunging punches, and when he does, Alex is able to capitalize and snipes and look at those one, two. He's reaching though, coming in from afar. And Alex throws a short left hook. Is it the left or yep? It was the left hook. Always tell you what to do. Boom. Oh, no, it was a right. Right hook way. stuns Yuri, drops him. Yuri shoots in for a takedown against the cage, way. and Alex starts throwing. Oh, this was a really smart beater. move by Alex because you'll notice at first he starts dropping hammers. Yeah. He keeps dropping hammers. Yuri keeps moving forward, and then he switches to those elbows, and that. Was the beginning of the end. Look at elbows. And there's the elbows. It's like those Travis Brown elbows that end people's night early, man. Check it out. Hammers, 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 hammers. Elbows, elbow, elbow. Three, four, five, six, seven. Oh! So at first glance, everyone was thinking that it was a short, an early stompage. But even Yuri agreed that at the end, he said he was out. He had no idea where he was at. So uh, shout out, Alex, two-time champ champ now. We'll see who's next. That is a wrap, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to check us out on our social medias. We're all all now under the same banner, Chingasos Crew on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Hey, have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Let's get ready for Thanksgiving week. See y'all next week. Chingazos Combat Crew out.